Hello! A very warm Sunday morning welcome to you. You're listening to St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by Happy Harry's Hymnal Emporium, helping church choirs with their staff problems since 1979. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, may I suggest you take a peek at www.stmarkbemidji.org. You may also want to subscribe to our YouTube channel for video podcasts or take a look at our Facebook page. If you have any trouble finding us, just look at the show notes in the podcast for the links. I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback on the podcast or you just want to say hi, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarkbemidji.org. Our sermon for today is titled, All About You, and is based on Luke chapter 19, and was preached on Palm Sunday morning. The events of Palm Sunday might not seem pivotal to our salvation. Christ sheds no blood on this day. However, Palm Sunday sets the tone for all of Holy Week, because it perfectly illustrates how Jesus came to be the King of King this world will never understand. One who conquers his enemies by surrendering to them. One who crushes his opposition by himself being crushed. One whose path to kingly exaltation begins with humiliation. This is the kind of king we have marching into battle as one of us and for all of us this week. As a result, we are drawn to him in faith rather than driven away in fear. This humble king is our only hope. We now join Pastor Zamzo for the sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, our victorious King, who rides to victory, my dear Christian friends, my dear younger brothers and sisters in Christ, my catechism class, and our youngest brother in Jesus today, Kai. As we did a few moments ago in a scene that was probably far more majestic, There were hundreds of people crowding around, gathering around Jesus at the gates of Jerusalem, waving those palm branches, throwing their cloaks down on the road so that the donkey's hooves wouldn't even have to touch the dirt. And they were doing this because of all the things they had seen. The feeding of the 5,000 how He made the blind see, He made the deaf speak, He let the lame walk. Just before this, the Gospel of John tells us He raised His friend Lazarus from the dead. For those crowds on that day, gathering around Jesus, chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Lord save us now. For them, that day was all about Jesus. The disciples of Jesus who had been there since His baptism in the Jordan River. Who had seen these miracles firsthand. They follow along in the procession. They do as Jesus commanded them to do. For them it was plain to see that today was all about Him even for Jesus' enemies, the Pharisees who we read about in the last few verses, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Those who sought to discredit Him, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the Roman government, 
who sought to trick Jesus or to be rid of Him and who were plotting at this very time to try to kill Him, even for them today, this first Palm Sunday was all about Jesus. The Gospel writer Luke puts in human language so much as he is able to make it absolutely clear that this is all about Christ. And I guess you're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, well, duh. All of Scripture is about Jesus. All of Scripture points to Christ. The entire, not just the entire season of Lent, not just today. The entire Bible is about Jesus. Our faith is centered on Jesus. Of course it's about Jesus. But you and I and these nine and Kai are not absent from this scene playing out in front of the gates of Jerusalem on this first Palm Sunday. How so? Yes, we can easily look at this and say this is all about Jesus. But that's from our perspective. From His perspective. This is all about you. This is all about you. We've seen that throughout the Gospels as, as we've read them here in church and we've heard the various accounts of how Jesus' closest friends didn't really want Him to go to Jerusalem. How He rebukes Peter specifically when he tries to dissuade him from going to Jerusalem. We recall the transfiguration. How on that mountain, those disciples wanted to stay there. But even as they are there, as Jesus is, is standing there, wrapped in heavenly light and glory, speaking with Moses and Elijah, what are they speaking about? They're talking about this day. They're talking about His departure, His imminent suffering and death. And Jesus goes down the mountain. They can stay there. We go down the mountain and we go to Jerusalem. And one thing that jumped out at me as I was preparing this text for today was just how eager. In just a short little clause of a sentence, we find out how eager Jesus is to get this done. To go to Jerusalem. He went on ahead. He went on ahead. You can picture Jesus picking up the pace as He moves to Jerusalem even as His disciples maybe kind of lag behind a little bit. Why do they do so? Why do they not want Him to go? Well, in part, there may have been some part of those disciples' hearts that didn't want Jesus to go because they loved Him and they didn't want anything bad to happen to Him. And He had kind of been pretty cryptic about what He was saying. Jesus did in fact tell them on multiple occasions, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be handed over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the pagan Roman Gentiles. I'm going to be killed. And I'm going to rise again. That must have made them queasy. And as they get nearer and nearer to Jerusalem, you can see the ice ball of anxiety that is building up in them. And while they may be concerned with Jesus' well-being because He is their teacher and He is their friend, there is also a significant portion 
of their reluctance and the fact that they were most likely concerned about what was going to happen to them. They were worried about what was going to happen to themselves. Jesus is going to Jerusalem under the cries of Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Isn't that going to be a little bit of an affront to Herod? Isn't that going to be a little bit of a slap in the face to the Roman governor? Aren't the Jewish leaders going to be angry about this? The Jewish leaders had already told everybody that anybody who was even lightly associated with Jesus was going to be excommunicated and kicked out of the synagogue. What was going to happen? Are they going to try to round up all these followers? Is this going to come to the bloody point of a Roman sword? The disciples didn't know what lay ahead of them. They were afraid of the unknowns. Despite what Jesus had told them, despite the fact that Jesus had jumped on the back of that colt and led this procession into this city, knowing full well what awaited Him there, the disciples were nervous about it, even as they enter into Jerusalem. But should they have been? As I said, He had told them on multiple occasions, I'm going there and this is what is going to happen to me. They were making it all about themselves in all the wrong ways. Concerned and worried about the things that they didn't fully see. They knew something bad was going to happen, but they just couldn't grasp it. And it might be easy for us to sit back and say, well, they should have known. They'd seen all the miracles. They'd been with Jesus since His baptism. They should have been able to figure this out, trust Him, and trust Him as He walks into that gate. Yet, yet, don't we do the exact same thing? We who so oftentimes want to make life all about us in all the wrong ways. Our hearts are bent inward. We seek what we love and what we want and what we desire. And when things don't work out exactly as we plan them to work out, we get frustrated and angry and shake a fist at God saying, what gives? Or every single time we break a commandment, we examine our lives according to the Ten Commandments, and every single time we break one of them, that's us saying, no, this is all about me, God. This is all about me and what I want to do and forget whatever it is you say. I know you wrote this down, but I'm going to do what I want right now. Our hearts and our minds are bent and twisted inward. We want to be understood more than we want to understand. We want to be loved more than we want to love. We want to be served more than we want to serve. As Kai is baptized today, as these nine confirmands sit here eagerly awaiting to come up here, as friends and parents and as a Christian congregation, there are, proverbially speaking, some gates of Jerusalem in front of us, aren't there? We don't know what specific trials and temptations are going to pop up in their lives. 
We don't know the ins and outs and all the details. But everybody in here is a well-seasoned sinner and we know for a fact that our lives, that their lives will present them with this unique temptation to make life all about them in all the wrong ways. Because we live in a world that says, take the easy road, do what makes you comfortable, do what makes you happy, and if your Savior should call you to pick up a cross and to defend your faith or to confess your faith, well, you better just leave it there because you might offend somebody and you don't want to ruffle any kind of feathers. Or we take a look at a cross that our Savior calls us to bear and we say, no, that's going to hurt. I don't want to pick it up. There's too many unknowns. But today, as we begin Holy Week, as we begin Palm Sunday, and we watch our Savior walk into Jerusalem, we see Him take the road that only He could travel. We see Him take a road and He knows the resistance that, lie, that lays beyond those gates. Jesus does know exactly what awaits Him as He goes forward. And He does so because this is all about you. How can it be that the Son of God doesn't fear or waver or go pale or get sick to His stomach when He considers the anguish and the torment of His body, but He jumps on the back of that colt and He rides into that city because this is all about you. This march to Jerusalem, this march towards betrayal and trial and suffering and death, He knows what awaits Him in all of its gruesome, gory detail, yet He goes forward for you, for me, in all of us, as we look at our own hearts, can say, He goes forward for me. For me. My Christian friends, and Kai, and Owen, and Robert, and Evie, and Evan, and Brianna, Abby, Brooke, Morgan, and Tyler. If we knew, if we knew, if any one person may be sitting next to us, if we knew what awaited, that, that such suffering and torment and death awaited a person that we could grasp onto. If we knew the sort of death that, that they were going to die, we would grab them by the arm and say, no, run away, go. Get out of here, flee the gates of Jerusalem, get as far away as humanly possible. Do not stay here. Get out of here now. Yet the person that goes for us isn't just any person. This is Jesus. The one who knows you better than you know you. The one who loves you more than mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or, or any friend. And as we think of our own lives, as we think about how many times we've made our lives all about ourselves, what do we have to say? on this Palm Sunday, as we look at Jesus through the eyes of faith, as we think of our Savior, we say, Jesus, you must go. Jesus, you must go through those gates of Jerusalem. You must go forward. Go to suffering unequaled. Go and endure the shame and the spit and the mocking and the hate and the abuse and the torment and the agony unspeakable as your Father will abandon you Go and go quickly and do everything that I cannot do. 
Because if you leave one shred of work for me to do, if you leave one sin unatoned for, if you leave one commandment open, then I am damned. And I am lost. Because I cannot do it. And the entire rest of my life is a complete and utter waste of time because hell is my destiny. Friends in Christ, and my catechism students and Kai, we who so often want everything to be about us. We who so want we who so often want everything to be about us, and even today when it will seem like everything is about you. See this for what it is. Watch your Savior walk into the gates of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and know that this is all about you. This is all about your Savior. As we watch Him again and we see Him face down the very heart of evil, we watch Him and we know with hurt that it is our sins that made Him go this way. Yet he faces it unflinching with all the power and the might of God with a resolve stronger than iron because he is confident of his own victory, confident of his own resurrection seven days from now. And it is with that, with that confidence that we follow our Savior through anything in life. And we follow him not just today and not just this week, not just during the season of Lent, we follow Him every day of our life and we stay by Him recalling His victory cry from the cross, it is finished. And as we recall the assurance that that gives us, that our sins are forgiven, we recall the assurance that His resurrection gives us. The assurance that this day and this coming week in Holy Week reminds us that, yes, this is all about Jesus. It is about His life, and it is about His death, and it is, is about His resurrection. But from His perspective, from His perspective, this is all about your life. This is all about your death. This is all about your resurrection. And so it is as we welcome you up to the Lord's table, so it is every time you come up to the Lord's Supper, and you take the wine and you take the bread and it hits your lips, it reminds you that this is for you. This is for you. For your forgiveness, for the strengthening of your faith, for peace in life. We hear those, that ancient song, those cries of Hosanna, Lord, save us now. Lord, save us now. And we sing it aright. And we watch our Savior go forward knowing what He's going to face full well. And we know that He faces this all out of love. This is all about His grace. This is all about His mercy. Because this is all about you. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. If you're listening to this podcast, you're cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. In addition to our traditional worship services, we will continue to create our podcasts and post video versions of our divine services. 
Links to a video version of our church services can be found on our website, www.stmarksbemidji.org. Our services will continue to be live-streamed at 8 a.m. Sunday mornings and are posted for later viewing if this time is inconvenient for you. If you have any questions or would like to hear more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review and telling a friend.